and we have Martin. Hello, Martin from Rock and Roll English. You're back again. How the hell are you? I'm fine, thanks, Charlie. Thanks for having me on. Um, I always mention how it is so strange when we record these podcasts. So you've just asked how I am, and we've been speaking for like 20 minutes already. So to ask someone how they are after 20 minutes is always a strange thing, isn't it? It is, but I deliberately didn't ask you that question. And we went straight into you talking about your wallet and your piece of string that we might recycle if if you really want. But um, so I didn't actually ask, how are you? That's a good point. Yeah, in fact, how rude was that? We were talking for 20 minutes and you didn't even ask me how I am. <laughs> But there we go. I can now get an authentic response. How are you? True, very true. Very well. Thank you. Very well. You? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I did actually answer your question earlier. I've had a bit of a lazy day today. Uh, I shouldn't really admit that. But yeah. Um, Yeah. So it's, it's good to get a podcast done today, this evening for me, morning for you. Um, But yeah, today we're talking about fatherhood because you of course know that you are a father yeah i mean i still struggle to believe it's true but apparently it is um (laughs) so yeah already let's go yeah how long have you been a father when people ask me this my first thought is when is the 14th because she was actually born on valentine's day easy to remember yeah i'm not one of those people you know when you speak to someone they say like she's like 28 and a half weeks that's really strange i i just go by months well like the first you know you 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 go by days originally and then once you get to the one week mark you go by weeks you get to a month and then you go by months and then you get to a year and you go by years you get some people don't you and they say like you say, how old's your baby? And they say, 36 months. You say, well, that's exactly three years then. You can just say three. And, th- and they might even dare to do that in weeks. Yeah, oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. So she's almost four months. Yeah. So I've been a, a dad now for nearly four months. Okay. Exactly the same time that she's been alive. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you very much for not making me do the calculation of how many weeks in a month. I, I agree with that. A lot of people do that. I think probably when you become a father or when I would potentially become a father, I might be a sucker for the average like opinion on how to phrase it. I might Mm. might go the wrong way. But you've you've been strong and you've held your ground. Yeah, no, I I generally just lost count as well. You you can't, you know, you get to like after like four weeks. I think we got to like eight. And then after that, you've got to go by months. It's too difficult. Yeah. Did you do it with the pregnancy? Because that's that's one that I get a bit frustrated with as well oh she's 15 weeks yeah you, you know what with the pregnancy i kind of did mainly because uh, my wife was always like up to date with that one because like after so many weeks this happens how many more weeks to go because you've kind of got the countdown so yeah so i suppose with the pregnancy that i we kind of did I, I was kind of kept up to date with that one but yeah yeah i suppose that app tells you each week how big the baby gets all, yeah. all of that so in fact i always had like oh the baby's like the size of like an apple the, the size of and then you got like all of this fruit basically until the, the baby's actually born which is a strange thing comparing your baby to fruit the whole time but yeah that's basically how it works so i'm just trying to think if there's anything british in comparison to other cultures there did you notice anything with your partner she's italian right mm, yeah any any differences in the lead up to uh, having the child that uh, you're like oh that's a bit different one I suppose was here straight away you tell someone like you're expecting a baby and they're like what's the name whilst in England we kind of like to keep that a bit of a secret don't we like no one really tells you that before for no reason really whilst here it's like yeah 
very much everyone's like direct question what are you calling the baby Ah. and so i was a bit like whoa like you know that's a really personal question and whilst my wife was like no it's not everyone does it here um so so that was a bit strange um they also do this another thing which i find strange anyway here of like when people like in the last few weeks they go to a photographer and basically they get their like stomach painted of like with a baby and the baby's name um so the baby will say like like ritardo and they'll have that and yes it's a bit weird um we we obviously didn't do that so i thought your uh the c in that name was a t i was a bit confused okay no sorry i, I was trying i thought i'd be flash and do the italian pronunciation ricardo for the english one yeah that's a tradition that we definitely don't have uh but i've noticed in in america and may and australia they they do the photo shoot of being pregnant and the husband cupping the belly I don't think we do that in England. I, I think we don't. No. We 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 scoff at that, don't we? We think that's too yeah, ridiculous. very much so. Um, I mean, I, the Italian equivalent of that is the one I sort of just mentioned. Yeah, because that they do that, and then they have this thing of like the the painted baby on the stomach, and yeah, oh. but yeah, we're, we're very much that. So yeah, I didn't want I didn't want to do any of that. Okay, so was was your partner disappointed? No, luckily she's actually got quite, yeah quite um. I think a British mentality of like low key kind of stuff. Uh-huh. Um, so she was very happy to not um, do this. And I, I suppose this one, another cultural difference when the baby arrived immediately, because we had a girl and here it's very common pierce the baby's ears immediately whilst. And then I saw, I believe in other cultures, I think in South America as well. Mm. Um, whilst again in Britain, that's very much considered a, big no-no yeah i would say that even at a, a young age of like under teenage years people yeah. would frown upon it wouldn't they definitely um so obviously we didn't do this for my daughter and so to give you an example my niece who is coming up nine recently basically insisted on getting her ears pierced and yeah my brother was not so happy about it to be honest but he, he gave in to the pressure and like yeah she's nearly nine right She's in in England, yeah. In England, in yeah, but yeah. but yeah, just to like yeah, yeah demonstrate the point we were making of it's not something young children do at all. Yeah, yeah, your brother would be quite uh, shocked if he was married to your your partner. Yeah, although again, my partner didn't really want that to happen, but it was mainly like like family and friends saying like, "Oh, are you are you going to get her ears pissed?" Uh, they came with a gun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Come here, little but, baby. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that that was another um, strange thing for us as well. Don't need to spend too much time on it, but uh, is there much maternity paternity leave in Italy? No, not much at all, really, in comparison to the UK. So the UK, I mean, for the for women, I think it's around about a year. I don't know how it works. I think maybe the last few months you maybe get paid a little bit less in Italy. It's basically three months for the woman. I actually literally just went self-employed just before she was born uh, so i didn't actually get any good, um, good move yeah exactly <laughs> but I, I think i think you get like two days anyway for like paternity leave two so it's days? not like i missed out yeah exactly yeah. wow i remember yeah. in germany they they give the woman two years they you can <sighs> one year or two years split between the the one year of salary yeah. yeah and then you can come back to your job but i don't get how companies survive if i as a company, as you're as you're a self-employed man, imagine if you got one employee and then she turned out to be pregnant in a year. You'd be bankrupt yeah. before she got to <laughs> exactly. her 12th week. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. Yeah, especially if you're paying every, like for two years or whatever. <laughs> no, no idea. I suppose that comes across a bit sexist. It's just just thinking about the finances, guys. The Nothing more. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so I got some questions from my Instagram followers asking you about your, your fatherhood, the journey that you've been on. And one of them, LS underscore Natasha, is asking, what books will you read to your child. I'm just going to interrupt this episode briefly to tell you about the free ebook and audiobook that was written and narrated by Harry and myself, giving you everything you need to know about using idiomatic expressions in the IELTS speaking exam. This audiobook runs for 45 minutes and we've had an overwhelming amount of emails thanking us for this amazing free gift, which you can find in the show notes of this episode or head over to the britishenglishpodcast.com and then you can scroll down the homepage until you see the free resources and that is where you'll be able to get your hands on 45 minutes of incredibly valuable teaching resources and we made this as we've created an online IELTS speaking course that has actually been on the back burner for a while now meaning uh, not the main focus for us or lower on the list of priorities. But I've decided to take it in a new direction with fortnightly IELTS workshops. And I will also be updating the content in the course in the coming weeks. So if you wanted to get yourself an affordable IELTS preparation course, then do it now before the price increase along with the update. Again, you can find this in the show notes or over at the British English Podcast.com. Okay, I, I mentioned uh, something about this recently on a podcast. So I, I bought a few books because I'm, I'm very much, I'm very keen to like teach her English, let's say, because obviously she's growing up in Italy. My wife speaks to her in Italian, like my wife's family obviously speaks to her in Italian. Um, so the only real English input she's got is from me so obviously i i literally just like come so i've had a really busy day today oh like i, I did so many lessons i'm so tired just keep talking and talking and talking but so reading stories so i got a few books you see i was reading one the other day so first of all the stories have got some vocabulary in there it's, it's, it goes over my head it's too it's too difficult for me and <laughs> it's for like for like children newborn children basically what? yeah what kind of vocabulary uh, it's just there's just some weird vocabulary in there and i'm sort of thinking what does that and i'm trying to pronounce it i'm going like yeah the but but so i don't think i'm the best <laughs> like story reader and but yeah i was reading one the other day about the owl and the pussycat oh yeah you know, get, getting in yeah exactly and there was one bit though where you know, i'm reading it and then it says because obviously the word pussycat if you take off the word cat off that you're in trouble basically um I'm, I'm sure everyone's familiar with that but um in our generation female, yeah, like female area let's say private area private area very good yeah so then it, i was reading it and it just said like oh pussy my lovely pussy my beautiful pussy and i'm kind of reading this thinking this is a bit x-rated to be reading to my daughter that's like not even four months old oh that's you beautiful hilarious. pussy and yeah. yeah i just felt extremely uncomfortable saying those words yeah um, to my daughter so yeah i had to add on pussy cat but yes yeah, so i've got some lovely story books actually lots of pictures and then i try to like tell her what's going on you know there's the mouse there's the cat there's the dog whatever is she engaging visually with them sometimes sometimes she you know she couldn't She's give like, a shit shut up dad <laughs> shut up about that pussy 
Exactly. We're reading the story about the pussy, okay? Sometimes she starts crying and her mum has to come in and say, look, that's enough. She's really not interested. But sometimes she is. Her mum has to like break it up. It's like a fight. (laughs) No, it's a generational thing, though. My auntie has a cat and whenever I go round... It really disturbs me because she strokes it and she said, oh, beautiful pussy. Oh, lovely pussy. Oh, good pussy. And I, yeah, I feel like you in that situation. Yeah, it's mm. very awkward. That one is called the cat and the... The no, owl the and pussy, the pussycat. The owl and the pussycat. The owl and the pussycat, yes. Uh, any others? Uh, well, so generally you buy the books and there's got quite a few stories in there. Yeah, they're pretty expensive as well, these books, because they've got like lots of big pictures. You know, and you go through them pretty quick and then you're like, oh, am I going to recycle them? Because if, if I'm buying these books for the pace we're reading these stories, I'm going to go bankrupt. It'll be like yeah. hiring someone that gets pregnant after two weeks. It's yeah. like everyone's just trying to bankrupt me. Yeah, yeah. I've actually I've actually thought of a, a product that I want to do in the future. I do voiceovers and I've been doing mm. children's books occasionally. Okay. And I quite enjoy the little characters. And okay. I thought a good option would to, would be to build an app for the iPad or whatever device, but you know, I can imagine a kid engaging with an iPad like that. Um and doing loads of these uh short stories writing them in good illustrations, but then at the end of it, having the sort of pronunciation drilling and like the hard sounds to produce like, you know, in an interactive way. And if it was an app form, you could have loads of different stories and it wouldn't be much of a waste of product. Exactly. You'd have to keep buying the books. Yeah, you could just buy the app. Okay, I like it. Yeah, count me in. Yeah. I'll, I'll be there. You can, you can count me <laughs> for one subscriber. <laughs> yeah, I think it would be nice. Uh, okay, so but uh, just for others who are wanting to get books for their children, any others that you can remember that you're enjoying? Like, like I said, I've only got these actual books, which I think they're called, I can't actually remember, like Osborne books, Osborne, something like that. They seem to be quite big. So I'm trying to build a collection of them. I've got three at the moment, and there's probably about stories in each of them. I think it's called... Edward Lear is the author or illustrator so the usborn children's books yeah i don't don't know if my pronunciation is correct there okay they're a bloody good bloody good place to start which is basically where i've started nice nice okay great there we go next one was from miriam how different is the education in italy considering the culture I've, I've reworded it and i didn't need to how different is the education considering italian culture and english culture obviously that's a little bit later on in the journey for you. But do you know anything about it um, based on the fact that you've lived there for quite a few years now? This episode comes with a free worksheet over on the website, thebritishenglishpodcast.com. So grab that and you can listen along whilst using it. Yeah, so obviously, although I have lived here for quite a few years, obviously I haven't been through the school system myself. Mm. So, like, you hear things. Um, yeah. yeah, it seems to be very much more intense here of, like, doing lots more homework, um, especially for the young kids. Like, I often hear stories of, like, parents having to do, like, their homework for their kids and, like, you know, like, eight-year-old children that are like falling asleep on their books and, ah. and this kind of thing. Whilst I remember I didn't actually get any homework till I was in the last year of primary school, which was from 10 to 11. And it was very minimal. I think the same. Yeah. I, was, I thought you were going to say I didn't get any homework until the last 
year of school, which would have been worrying. I think so. About 10 years old, you start getting homework. Maybe a yeah. few uh, things to do with the topic books. Do you remember topic books? I'm not 100% sure. Maybe because I'm older like, than you. Like year two, year three? No, my, my sisters that were three, five years older than me, they had them. So you have like um, 10 or so pages and you have to stick things in and then mount them and like display something visual about it, it, a historic thing a or a geog- geographical thing. Yeah, sort of primary school stuff. Yeah, yeah. Kind of, I can't really remember doing anything in primary school except sort of just playing football in the playground. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Do you know what your level of English is? If not, then how can you tell if you're even improving? Considering you are no longer a beginner in this journey, you should be doing everything you can to show to yourself that your hard work is paying off. To do that, you need to know where you're at right now to be able to recognise the progress in the future. So, I have a quick and easy English level test for you to take right now for free to instantly find out what level of English you actually have. Head to thebritishenglishpodcast.com slash testme or find the link in the show notes of this episode. And the other things that we used to do sometimes, again, I, this was a choice thing, I think, and then so no one really did it. You know, like after the summer holidays and you like write what, and you had like a sort of book about what you did during the summer holidays. Did you do that one? Like, yes. Like, put yeah. some pictures, stick them on some pages. Yeah. So yeah, all of these things all seem sort of like, you know, nice, fun things. Whilst here, it seems to be a bit more, a bit more intense. And they do, they have these things that are called interrogations here. Wow. Um, that does sound which, intense. Yeah, exactly. Um, which are their exams, which all the exams are verbal here. And it's so, called an interrogation. Yeah. Yeah. It's literally like the direct translation would be an interrogation. People often say to me, how do I translate? Well, the word in Italian is interrogazione. How do I translate that? And it, it translates as interrogation, but because like we don't, we don't have that. And yeah, the only translation yeah. is interrogation. But we would say oral exam, wouldn't we? Yeah, I, I suppose um, an oral exam. But yeah, I mean, and they make you apparently like do this oral exam in front of the whole class as well. You have to stand up in front of the whole class. Pretty intense from like just like sticking a few pictures in a book. Like <laughs> Definitely. So this is primary school when they're young. Uh, I'm not sure if, if the interrogations go on at primary school. <laughs> Definitely go on at middle school, which again is not really a thing in England definitely go on there which is i think from about 10 to 13 right okay ah wow okay interesting well there we go i i feel like you've you've hit the nail on the head there you've answered miriam's questions about the cultural differences although timings i want to know that for some reason do you have do they have uh, different times to go to school than english kids yes yes that they generally start earlier i think from around like 8, 8.30, I'm not sure. And then they finish at like maybe 2 o'clock, maybe a bit before 2 o'clock because it's like you, you have lunch at home. They don't have, you know, like Ooh. we have like a lunch break at school and we eat at school. Yeah. They might finish and they go home for lunch. But that would be yeah. quite a late lunch. Yeah. So they, I think they have a break around about 11 o'clock and they like, apparently like everyone will have something quick to eat then. But yeah. sometimes I think some schools, between one and two, they finish. I'm not 100% sure. It depends on the school. But they finish yeah. between one and two. Maybe primary school finish a bit earlier. Okay. Do you remember having the, the half day when you went in reception and then finally you did the full day? Do you remember yeah, that moment? Yeah, that, that, was, that was a step up, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Big boy. <laughs> Is that big boy shit? Day. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, well, thank you very much, Miriam, for that question. Going on to Petra's question. Are you raising your child bilingual English and Italian? I'm certainly hoping to. That's, that's definitely the plan. Yeah. I was actually very worried about this before because um, I kind of find it a bit strange to talk to my wife in English because when you, when you do that, which is really strange for me because English is obviously my native language. So I never thought I would feel strange speaking my native language, but I do. When I speak to my wife in English because everything changes, like your tone of voice changes. It's like you're a different person. Yeah. And also, so like with her as well. So it's like, who are you? Like, yeah. where's my where's my wife gone? <laughs> um, so I, I was really worried that I was going to feel uncomfortable talking to our child in English as well. And I was thinking, oh, God, this is going to be a nightmare. She's going to she's not going to learn English and she's only going to learn bad Italian from me. Like, so I was really worried. Ah, but yeah. uh, it's actually not the case at all because I don't feel strange talking to her in English. My, my daughter, that is. And now it's actually a bit more normal to speak to my wife in English because she hears me speaking English much more now, whilst before she didn't. Whilst now I'll be speaking English a lot more at home. So, yeah, the, the plan is to raise her bilingual. I actually read a book about this as well, Raising yeah. a Bilingual Child. And it's one of those books, you read the whole thing and you, and you kind of think, well, someone could have just given me like a one line which I already knew anyway, which was like basically one parent, one language. I was just going to say that. I think I've heard yeah. that. You can't mm. try to do both languages with your yeah. with your daughter as one person. You've got to be, yeah. Which, which um, would not encourage or favour a single parent family, would it? That would, that would be quite a hard challenge. Very much so. Very mm. much so, yeah. And so, yeah, we're trying to raise her, obviously, to be bilingual. And another strange thing about this is you kind of learn lots of like kids vocabulary so also even for like my wife like the other day she said to me like what um what does dindins mean because like so like i was talking to like my obviously baby girl so oh, did you have some dindins because you kind of have this like baby kind of vocabulary don't yeah. you yeah yeah um, we do which you hadn't really thought about but there's lots of kind of baby words yeah um like you know like cheeky monkey is another one yeah that's good yeah um also as you said being different languages you change your tone and stuff so it's strange for you to talk to your wife in a different tone you're almost a different person and when you speak to a, a, a child you often have that raised raised tone mm. don't you do you get a bit confused and you start talking to her in that tone because she only knows that version of you in english maybe actually well, because normally when i'm talking to my wife in English, it's like talking to my wife and baby at the same time. If we're just having just me and my wife, then we're talking. So who are the cheeky monkeys in the room? You kind of. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so yeah, I suppose my, my wife is also learning the same kind of baby talk that, yeah. uh, that my daughter is. Yeah. Useful stuff, though. Yeah. Let's squeeze one more into part one of the episode. Sasa says... How different he would behave with his child from his father with himself. I think what Sass is saying is... Okay, so... Like, you understand that? My, I think so. Like, so, like, how my father was with me and how I am with my daughter. Yeah. Can you rephrase that? Like, kind of in that way, but in a question? Would you say... How would you compare your fathering skills to your father's? <laughs> Something like that? I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. That would do. <laughs> got the message across that that's what language is for just get someone to communicate the message doesn't matter how you do it exactly Um, thank you so so what do you think i mean obviously so my my daughter's only 
we mentioned not even four months old yeah so like, i don't really remember what my, my dad was like in that period <laughs> that's a great um, point yeah I suppose we don't need to get the freudian sofa out quite yet yeah i'm not 100 percent sure so when i think of like my dad and things i think of like going to the park to play football when i was you know a kid well let, let's think of it how you want to be in okay, relation well, you know I, I don't want to put my dad down here he did a good job <laughs> so yeah if i raise my daughter like my dad raised me I, I would be fairly happy yeah i didn't quite appreciate how you could be putting your, your dad in it for, for that question yeah <laughs> yeah he yeah, did a shit true. job like i, I <laughs> as long as i do better than him i'll be okay well i feel like we can we can say that we're we're learning improve our families existence as we get one generation of wiser I, I think that, that that's that's always the thing i think for my dad with his dad i think that just generally happens one thing as well i, I uh, read recently because obviously you read a lot of stuff about parenting stuff when when you get there um is that now obviously people like me become parents much older so my dad was a dad when he was probably don't know 23 already that's a big yeah. difference in your in your person because if you're asking someone that's like 23 or 36 to be a dad like they're different people so that it makes a big difference so yeah so like in the past when people were having babies when they were like you know 20 and stuff like that like i'm sure they were doing their best but sometimes they didn't even know like what to do that's the other thing about being a parent you realize no one's got a clue no one knows what's going on i kind of just thought people know this stuff but no one no one knows everyone just kind of makes it up as they go along that's why we're so scared or a lot of people are quite scared of having a child because you feel like you don't know but yeah that is interesting to to be that side of it and you can see that no one's got a clue especially the first time parents yeah and then as well, lots of people tell you stuff. Like, oh, you've, you've got to do this, for example, when doctors tell you the complete opposite. of Like, for example, now, for, just to give an example, it's standard practice for babies to sleep on their back. Whilst in the past, I think people, they had babies on their stomach. But apparently there's actually a risk of, like, the baby suffocating. So maybe, like, older people would say, oh, no, the baby needs to sleep, like, she needs to sleep on her stomach. You know, well, because the doctor who's... <laughs> Like probably knows a little bit more than you told me that's like strictly forbidden. Uh, so I would in this one, I'm going to trust the doctor. And your wife is saying, shut up, shut up. Yes, that's a lovely idea. Thank you. We're going to be leaving now. Come on, Martin. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Um, so but yeah, so as I said, you realise no one's got a clue, basically. Yeah. 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 Or uh, people have lots of opinions, but they're not necessarily mm. based on, on fact. Yeah. yeah. I heard something about how much you sleep how much the baby sleeps on like their head tilt like whether it's it's um you know okay and and that apparently forms the skull a bit okay and i'm really paranoid of my head being quite weird like that (laughs) way so i imagine that i was always on my side very possibly yeah and then i look at people who have really flat back head back part of their head i don't really know the other than cranium i don't have more vocabulary to give you but I think that they must have been, you know, lying on there. Okay. I, I, yeah, I hadn't really checked out forms of heads before, but I'll, I'll start looking now. <laughs> oh, I used to be very paranoid about it. I got over it okay. eventually. Okay. Yeah, it's quite alien-like, isn't it? Yeah, I, I hadn't really noticed, but now, now you mention it, you, I can, I can see something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bit of a ledge. Still, still I, I think it's, it's a good head. It's a good head. <laughs> Do Italians have a very sensitive opinion around the disciplining of a child as British people do now? I feel like our generation have 
really gone away from you know any kind of physical punishment okay right i see what you mean yeah i mean i certainly if we're talking about that then i would say <laughs> again not thinking about four month year old <laughs> no exactly yeah. just give it like a smack <laughs> for, for, being, for being a cheeky monkey yeah um, don't put your head that way when you're sleeping yeah <laughs> exactly i bloody told you this already we're, we're, we're reading this bloody story whether you like it or not uh, no breast milk for you tonight <laughs> bribing that's another low yeah i mean like i said maybe find out further down the line yeah certainly so when we're talking about sort of like physical punishment of like giving someone a smack i think that's very much frowned upon here as well now so like you said like in the uk for some reason i can imagine italians being a little bit less offended by it just because of sort of the yeah. more emotional uh, ability to express themselves than British people. Yeah. Um, although I have had a mother once of one of my students say to, I, we have to do like these kind of like parents meetings when you have to like tell them maybe their child's a bit like misbehaving. And she said to me like, if you need to like give him a <laughs> smack put, to like put him in his place, wow. then you can do that. Um, wow. Obviously, I, I I didn't take her up on no. the offer. Um. <laughs> Quite wise, yeah. Actually, I do want to keep my job for now, but as soon as I'm leaving, I will give him a bloody good thumping. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, in fact, yeah, I suppose I don't really know yeah. that one, but like, yeah, I think it's yeah. I'm like I said, I'm, I'm not a hundred percent sure. So. If you wanted to listen to the full conversation, you can easily become a premium podcast member and get access to all parts of this conversation. And if you want to join a bunch of passionate learners and want to get a good grip on British culture in the most fun and effective way, then head over to the thebritishenglishpodcast.com and join the Academy. Guys, if you uh, haven't heard of uh, Martin's channel or his podcast, sorry, then Rock and Roll English. It's been around lo- much, much longer than mine. It's much better than mine, and he's hilarious. So head over there, and the website is rockandrollenglish.com. Yeah. Yeah, and everything will be in the show notes. Okay. Exactly. Thank you very much, though. Thank, thank you very much. Thank you very much.